but that's my friend. So I'm walking down the way on my way to see the new Harry Potter ride at Universal Studios when I see a gaggle of people walk in the other direction from the ride and they are in full on Harry Potter school gear, Hogwarts gear. And they're laughing and talking and the robes are billowing and they're the good kind. That's, that's, that's not the cheap stuff. <laughs> These are heavy robes. Only problem, it's 91 degrees outside in the shade at Universal Studios. So I'm t- going to talk about today about what gets people that involved as happy fans uh, in this world of what we live in called entertainment. This is Michelle Spiva, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smacked. So I'll see you on the flip side. It takes a lot for a person to be willing to join with you in what we call the triangle of no like and trust, especially if there is money involved. You know, um, I am so appreciative and thankful for the opportunity to be able to spend time with family and friends and do things from time to time. And recently I had the opportunity to be able to go to Universal Studios uh, for a family related celebration. Now, while I was there, it was fun. It it was happy. We had a great time and I was really excited. Um, But (laughs) uh, you know, the problem with going to places like this when uh, create you use creativity uh, as your mode of opera uh, your, your standard mode of operation when you um, are making a living from it is that you're always trying to see behind the scenes and that's what I was doing so I'm enjoying the park I'm parks because you we went to a number of them uh, and everything is fine but I'm also trying to look beyond what is apparent now if you've been uh, listening to the, this podcast some of this stuff will sound familiar because you've heard me talk about uh, the invisible to invisible um, looking beyond the low-hanging fruit and different things like that and so today the this aspect is something that has been really intriguing and interesting to me and that is a term called parapsychology and uh, parasocial, excuse me, parasocial psychology. And what it simply means is that someone can have a relationship that's one-sided, where because they are able to glean enough information from someone indirectly, uh, they start to feel like they are friends with this person, although it's not reciprocal, meaning the other person, nine times out of 10, has no idea they exist. And this parasocial uh, situation can happen with real and or imagined or, you know, imaginary people. You usually find it in celebrity, uh, characters, movies, and those types of things in the entertainment world. And so I'm at Universal and for my for the first time, I'm actually seeing this in real life. And at first I thought, oh, these are these must be the actors uh, for the ride. And no, they were not the actors. First of all, they were too young and uh, their robes were not a Official, official, if you know what I mean. They didn't look like they were Universal Studio um, issued robes. So I, I was intrigued and it's sweltering. I mean, the heat is on full blast and bouncing off of that concrete in the park. Yeah, it, it, it was something. And I was just amazed at, at their perseverance and their happiness to be able to wear these heavy black robes with the hats and the wands and all this get up and stuff. It, it was just amazing. So I uh, get a chance to go into the ride. Now, 
the thing is, there are two different rides. And so uh, this particular one, I think is the original one where it, uh, it's the ride for the school itself, Hogwarts, where, you know, they, they, you're actually going into the Hogwarts school. And I stand in the queue and it's a long queue, but they do a very good job um, at it. And um, I noticed when I turn around, there's another set of people in these robes and they're in line to see uh, or to ride the ride. And I try to, I, I spy as much as I can without getting caught or steering. And I, <laughs> they're standing there and some of them are fanning, but they refuse to take those robes off. And that just really appealed to me. Now, I love to uh, try to glean what I can by observation. Uh, and what I can't find in observation, I'll ask. And what I can't find out from asking, I'll research. And, you know, just go on and on and on until I can solve what what makes somebody put on a heavy robe and wear it in sweltering 90 plus degree weather. And so I uh, am busy looking. My family's, you know, moving forward, doing the stuff. And I'm trying to look at these these people with these robes on because this set is not young kids. This set is a, a hodgepodge of different people that look well into their adult years. And so I was like, OK, this is really a, a real phenomenon. And I get, go through the ride. It is phenomenal. And yes, they are wearing these robes in the in the uh, the ride. I'm not going to tell you exactly that, you know, because I don't want to steal the fire, you know, if you haven't had a chance to go through the ride yet. And when I come out, I'm still amazed. But by now, because this is my, my second day, my second of three days. Yeah, I think it was my second. Yeah, it was my second day. So by now, this is my second day uh, enjoying the park with family. And I've started to notice uh, some themes with regards to how they set up the rides. And the one thing that I notice that most of these newer rides all do is they trigger the parasocial psychology mechanism. When you go into the rides, whether it's the Harry Potter, the Mummy, Hulk, Transformers, um, Jimmy Fallon, any of these rides, and I hope I'm not dating this too much by saying these particular rides, but any of these rides, they all do the same thing. They ask you to either help them or they call you a new recruit or they some kind of way put you into their world by putting you in charge of something or learning something. And therefore, you become a part of their social um, status, social status, as well as their social group. So you become a part of the culture. And the way the rides are set up, that's the first thing they do after they've done good backstory and uh, predictive programming, forecasting, whatever you want to call it. Now, I know predictive programming is a uh, controversial uh, because it's steeped in a lot of controversy, um, excuse me, a lot of conspiracy. Um, but I really do see where that that is the truth um, that you can have predictive program and that simply means where um, things are foreshadowed and uh, in real life situations usually through the uh, Hollywood mechanism where they'll start forecasting things that they want the general public to accept 
um, uh, sometime later. So I'm not going down that rabbit trail. I'm just going to say that I definitely saw it with my own eyes. So they give you the backstory as they're putting you in the queue um, to get you. And I was just like, oh, we are definitely doing serpentine loops today because they were able to use a very small amount of uh, land to get hundreds of people into it where they would be okay with standing that close to strangers they've never met in the heat. Um, you know, so it's, it's brilliant. I mean, it's it's on par with, I guess, how the military does their logistics for moving people quickly uh, to and from a place. Um, so we're in this, these lines, and it's not just for the Harry Potter line. We're in these lines, we go through these queues, and as you're going, they they start by changing the physical world around you. So when you enter in, you definitely know you are entering into the ride area because the uh, atmosphere changes, the uh, look changes, the aesthetic changes, um, the building, oh, we did um, like King Kong, everything starts to change. Then after they've gotten you acclimated to how this new world looks different from the normal world. Then they start layering in uh, sensory um, impacts on you. So once you get through with your visual, then they start giving you uh, your visual plus audio. Uh, a lot of times they would have screens up where they uh, are getting you prepped and telling you the backstory or telling you uh, what is expected or they're saying things like um like i remember with the hulk with their screens they were showing people transforming by these gamma ray overloads and like warning warning you know don't come in here you know so they were actually doing a little bit of reverse psychology to get people amped up to go into that ride whereas in the spider man spider man ride uh they gave you the history and got you real they took you back in time to uh peter parker's days as a photographer for a newspaper and you get to see the dark room and the newspaper clippings and then they have doors with staff subscriptions editorial and they really start to get you into the atmosphere then once you get through what would be the backstory or even the origin story then they start to move you into the queues inside the ride to get you ready to go on the ride and in there that's where they start uh doing feel so the uh, a lot of times the temperature would change which was welcome a lot of times because coming from the heat and in, into here um they made it more comfortable for you by, you know, having an air conditioned. And then sometimes there were different areas that played with the temperature. So you're doing um, what you see, what you hear, what you feel. And then um, I remember one ride, The Simpsons, and like I said, I don't want to tell everything. But with The Simpsons, the fact that I even remembered the ride out of all the rides we've been doing is because there is a certain situation in the game I mean, in the ride where they actually put baby powder, a scent of baby powder in the air. So then you got your smell. And the only thing that they can't really pull off is taste. And I'm just like, but they, the others, they've got those down pat. And so now we are really invested in this. And if you are a fan person of these, these works, these um, intellectual properties, you are in it and you're in it deep because they have invited you into that world. And 
I kind of looked at it like, mm, this might be bordering on dark psychology, you know, with because of course I saw um, NLP stuff. I um, I, I, I saw um, uh, subliminal um, conditioning on, on on some others, and you know, just different little things that ingratiate you um, in it. And then there were some tongue in cheek things that that would actually call out some of the more obvious things like there was one ride that um said uh you think this ride is over to something to this fact like you think this ride is over but not really because guess what you always end at the gap at the gift shop <laughs> so um they you know they kind of can poke fun at themselves and let you in on the joke ha 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 which does more of that triangle of getting you to know like and trust them and yes you do go through the gift shop you do go through and they are taking pictures of you while you're on these rides screaming your head off laughing put your hands in the air so it's very interactive and they are giving you and I don't want to necessarily call it a pseudo relationship I'm just trying to say that they give you um at least for that five to seven minutes, because that's the average length of the, of the rise I've noticed, they give you that interaction uh, so that they are bonding that memory on you. Um, hopefully, tangibly, if you buy the the photo that uh, of you screaming your head off on this ride. And so once I go through these rides, I now start to see where they are willing to, um, I mean, not willing, but where they are, I do want to say willing. I just want to say it in a different context where they're actually willing you <laughs> to become a part of their world and to be willing to purchase the merchandise, to be willing to come back and do the rise over and over to um, participate in the franchises. Uh, I, I saw that there are uh, movies coming out this summer and I bet you this they did not waste those opportunities outside a lot of those rides if they had another a part of the series coming up they had those posters up with the date and the promotional stuff to get you amped for for that and it was very contextual and so I wanted to just oh my gosh <laughs> I wanted to say it's almost it's not a setup, but it is a setup. It's almost like if you're not looking for it, there is no way you can't come away saying, but they're my friends, you know, quote unquote, they're my friends. And it's because it's constructed that way. And to me, that is great marketing. Great, great marketing. Um, I love how um, Universal has taken uh, their intellectual properties uh, by way of their movies and um, their Marvel series, uh, action people um, and things, and turn them into this interactive, multi-format uh, entertainment experience. So for instance, they have rides. Some of them are actual rides. Some of them are experiences. And then some of them are... Um, well, I don't want to say they're any different from the experiences, but when you get when you go through them, some of them, I, I truly believe some of them are made to seduce you more into that particular 
brand or franchise. And it's not like they're just getting you to consume that brand or franchise. No, they're giving you valuable entertainment, memorable entertainment, like the attention to details. I could go on and on about the stuff that makes this work so well that you can't see just by a glance of an eye, but that had to work. So like when I'm, I'm going through uh, the interior of the the ride buildings, and I'm looking at uh, the 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 workmanship of the stuff, the attention to detail, like um, <laughs> the the speaking pictures in the Harry Potter, you know, the the newspapers that actually the pictures move uh, when I'm in the King Kong exhibit and. Uh, they are having King Kong present himself or show himself, and you're very close up on this um, am, uh, am, uh, man, uh, animatronic, excuse me, animatronic uh, device, and how real he looks, uh, and how much he looks like what was presented in the movie. And then this, this right here is brilliant genius and I just want you to know that parasocial psychology is real because what they're doing is they are getting um, the actors who played in the movies to do these little five to seven minute scripts so they come out they talk directly to you a lot of times they're having to save you from something uh, whether it be the men in well not men in black because men in black made your audition for them but um, whether it be Spider-Man or it's um, the Hulk, you know, fighting uh, to try to uh, help the new recruit make it make it out alive, or the Transformers, you know, uh, doing stuff. It it is just it's it's gripping, it's enthralling, and it's in entrainment. Actually, it really is entrainment uh, because remember they have sensory inputs going, and it's like when you've studied this stuff, you can see that whoever did this is a master because they know how many inputs they can put out there for the uh, people within the normal range of the bell curve to not be overly stimulated or underwhelmed so that they can give them the optimal experience. Even when they're doing their safety instructions before you board a ride, they're staying in character. They are not um, breaking character. Now, they break the fourth wall all the time because of this strong parasocial psychology issue. I mean, not issue, but, but phenomenon they have going on because they want you to feel like you're their friend. But the funny thing is, is you already know in your mind that, yeah, I I, I want to buy this merchandise. I want to be a part of this. And I feel like I know these characters. But if that character were a real person walking down the street, would they know you? And that is the magic of how this can work. Now, I'm going to be doing a series about all this cool stuff that I was able to peep when I was at my Universal uh, Studios uh, visit with my family because there's just so much. I think I'll what I'll probably do is tomorrow, if you guys come back, I'm going to actually um, talk a little bit more about the dark psychology side of it and um, how they um, set it up for your mind to trick your body where they don't have to do as much work as they used to with the entertainment and the rides. So yeah, I think we'll do that. So I, I, this is just to let you know, you probably need to come on back and listen to me tomorrow as well as we talk a little bit about the, 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 
dusky side. I won't say dark, the dusky side of psychology. Um, so anyway, the wisdom smack that I got when I saw those people in those robes in the heat, when I see people walking around with the cute little Dr. Seuss shirts of thing one and thing two, when I see people walking around um, with the branded Universal Studios uh, stuff, and I'm going to just admit it now, I bought a cap with Universal Studios on it, but it's monochromatic, so you can't really see it unless you're up on, on me that close, and you shouldn't be up on me that close. But anyway, I digress. Um when I started seeing all of this and I looked at this perfect storm and then I and then I realized that every single day that they are open, they are responsible for creating the environment to entrain you into their culture and their world. I was like, this is brilliant. This is absolutely brilliant. And the thing is, it's not manipulative because there is, there's never a situation where they say, we are going to manipulate you and you won't be aware of it. No, what they say is, come for this entertaining experience. You pay your money to be duped. You pay your money to be tricked, to be fooled. You pay your money. To me, this whole thing, if P.T. Barnum were alive today, he would be in amazement with his mouth open in amazement and awe because of how these um, franchises and brands are now standing on the shoulders of showmen uh, and however you feel about him is is you know whatever I understand you know his situation but I'm just saying the showmanship of, of what he did and then the early days of uh, movies and television and entertainment and comic books and all of that stuff, cartoons, you name it. And where they have taken it to now, forget about it. It is, it's, it's, it's really wizardry. It really is. You, We are looking at real life wizardry um, because we don't ever have to really know how the magic happens because if we did, it would ruin it for us, you know? And so, like I said before, my wisdom smack happened where what I'm looking at is this is the power of legacy. This is the power of uh, evolution, the power of uh, large ideas coming together to to clash against one another and make a, a bigger idea happen. It's a, it's a cornucopia of all these different things. But the one thing that I want to say is that with each one of them, every time I look around and I see how they move a person from coming in and not being... Um, uh, not being on the same wavelength, the same frequency, the same vibration as these characters or whatever, and how fast they're able to do it. They normally do it by doing two things. They start engaging your senses and telling you a story. So it might be where they start using drums. So I'm just going to tell you guys, you go on a ride and if music is playing and you hear drums like dum, 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 or whatever, and it's a repetitive beat, yeah, they're getting you to entrain yourself. When I use that word entrain, what I mean is it's kind of like mirror neurons. You're mirroring the uh, behavior of the uh, other person. And that other person could be that fictitious character on that hologram in front of you. It could be the memory of what you know from the movies you've seen um, playing back to you. 
but you get yourself on the same wavelength and the same vibe uh, as the, as that person so that you become uh, simpatico, in symphony with. So that's what I mean when I say entrainment. And so they do it. Like I said, they do it so fast. I'm like, I'm, I'm envious a little bit. And that's why I'm telling you guys about this, this story because I was like, I've got to step my story game up because this is another level. Um, think about it. That ride, now, a lot of people wait in line for hours sometimes to have a five to seven minute experience. When you have gotten your craft down to that point where people are willing to experience a five to seven seven minute uh, experience and they're willing to wait for hours to have it, that's very powerful. And not only that, they're willing to experience plus have you leaving saying, boy, you might not say that's my friend, but you might say, yeah, you're in their team. You're in vibe. You're in. If not, the ride can't stay around. It's not true entertainment because that is its job. Its job is to get you to suspend your disbelief for five to seven minutes so that when you leave there, you have a special place in your heart that you're like, I would do it again. And I just, like I said before, <laughs> I am in awe. I am so grateful. Yes, I'm having fun with my family. Love them, love them, love them. And this side of me, who is the author, the creator, who comes up with um, creative things to produce new stuff is uh, like a kid in a candy store when it comes to this stuff. And I really wanted to share with you that there is a reason why we have an affinity for uh, these characters. And it's by design and on purpose. And the thing is, it's a good design. It's a great purpose. And they pull it off so well. And that's why we agree to it. So I'm not saying there's any funny business here because we're in on the gag. And that's what makes it all the better. You're in on it. Um, <laughs> one other thing I wanted to say about this, you know, <laughs> like I said before, watching the Harry Potter uh, stuff. And oh, by the way, we did both Harry Potter rides. And it was the same no matter what. So on the um, so we did the one for Hogwarts, and then we did the one uh, for uh, Gringotts Bank, and the the dragon was blowing uh, fire today. It was just awesome, amazing. And like I said before, even before you get in the ride, there's this huge dragon on top of the building. I wish I could show you guys. Um, and there's this huge dragon. I might post it on social media. Uh, blowing, blowing like fire. And the thing is, now remember I told you, it's already 90 plus degrees outside. That fire is so hot that if you are in the vicinity of when that dragon blows that fire, you feel a five, at least a five degree increase in heat in the air because it's real fire. This is not CGI. And so you go in and you have a different experience. So it's two different rides um, and they have it where one is in the island's adventure side of the park and the other one is in the Universal Studios side of the park and they are well worth it. And this is another brilliant thing. They have anchored these two parks so that those two rides alone pull you to both sides so that they get equal foot traffic, equal play because they've got these juggernaut um rides for this very profitable franchise working to get people because 
I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, I, I know I saw at least one group that had those robes on at the other ride because we did like we did the first ride as soon as we were able to we had the early admittance kind of thing so we did that ride and then that meant we had time to do more rides in that park and then make our way over to do compare and do the other ride and I think they did the same thing but anyway I digress and I could just go on and on about this and child please I'm telling you I am taking notes I am sitting at the feet of the creative team who has managed to pull this off because each one of the rides is top uh, top notch. The logistics of moving people, the design so that the uh, so that the outliers don't even get hurt. I mean, think about it. You're putting people in um, suspended disbelief with fantasy, and people don't follow rules. And people don't all think alike and they come up with some crazy stuff and you still manage to provide a safe experience for the most part <laughs> for the average to below or above average person. That is a mechanical, logistical and creative um, anomaly and, uh, and they are doing it every day. <laughs> Uh, um, numerous iterations for 12 hours a day every day that they're open so kudos to you Universal Studios Islands of Adventure and the water park and all those others and everything um, so in summation what I wanted to say was uh, there is a story afoot and it is parasocial psychology it is why we feel indebted and um, are we not indebted, but we feel um, like we're friends with these characters, these people, uh, the actors, the the franchises, and it is by design. We are in on it, um, and but I just I love an excellent presentation of it, and that's what um, I think people are looking for is an excellent presentation of how they seduce us and they woo us into their into their world so that we are willing participants and we want to be part of the cultural phenomenon. So that's what I had to say about that. Uh, yeah, I think tomorrow I'm gonna talk a little bit about the dark psychology and some of the stuff that I see, uh, when, what that I saw when I was doing the rides and things that I just thought was cool. It's, it's and I said dark psychology, but I'm gonna call it dusty dusky like in the dust psychology so anyway this has been michelle spiver for wisdom smack thank you so much if you like this please don't forget to subscribe to share comment and also if you want to support us please please consider using our amazon link at michellespiva.com forward slash amz and if you decide to use that on the day of and make a purchase we may receive a little bit of commission from that so anyway thank you so much i will talk with you tomorrow i'll see you then bye And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, 
uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.